that he prayed for that church at Ephesus. And we pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give unto all of us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of the understanding of our hearts be enlightened so that we would know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance that you have in each and every one of us who are your saints. Help us to know the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. I borrow another request by the Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I pray that my speech and my preaching will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but demonstration, the spirit of power, so that our faith will not rest in the wisdom of man, in the wisdom of Brian Green, but in the power of God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Well, before we get started, we I just have to uh, give honor to God for, um, and they don't know this yet, but what they did was just too important to pass up. Um, when uh, George Floyd passed away, or died, got killed, let me put it that way. Um, there was a university that opened their hearts to the Floyd family. Uh, they had the funeral in their auditorium. And I remember seeing um, the president giving uh, remarks about how they felt the calling to reach out to the Floyd family and have the funeral there. And then they created a, a fund, a scholarship on behalf of George Floyd in his name. And I was so moved that, that because you know that we seed, uh, we, we give out about roughly around 13% of our income. We tie to other ministries and other causes. And when I heard that, I said, you know what? This was back in 2020 when George Floyd was um, murdered. We, um, we gave from this church $5,000 to that scholarship fund on behalf of George Floyd. That's because of your giving, amen. And little did I know that I would meet the president of that university yesterday at the Harvard Veritas um, conference where Auntie Delia Umana did an amazing job. <laughs> We're just so blessed. Uh, uh, brother, Ir Dr. Irvin Scott, he had opened up in prayer. Uh, told me and Sade and Sanaya, uh, they, Sanaya, did I say it right? Okay, you look at me, Sanaya, help me. I, I butcher names, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, they led worship with Montreal Jordan uh, in and so just have PT and then, of course, Dr. Ruth Akedeji, who organized and led it. And so God has just blessed our church. But I want to just uh, give uh, Dr. Scott Hagen, who is the president of North Central University, never dreamed that he would come and visit us at PT. And so, uh, Dr. Scott, could you come and also have a little gift for you to... Show my appreciation. Come on, folks. 
No, no. Thank you so much. Thank you. On behalf of Pentecostal Tabernacle, I just want to thank you for how you have been, um, especially at a, at, a, at a painful time in our nation, and you had opened up your heart and opened up your school to be a blessing. And so we're going to, we, you have to give him back. Some of you don't know, but he also was a former pastor. Uh, he got delivered. Only kidding. <laughs> but uh, please give us some remarks. Oh, my goodness, Bishop. This is unscripted. First of all, my beloved mother who loved the Lord her whole life, she passed away. She's going to get up out of her godly grave <laughs> like first, like Samuel did and slap me for being at Palm Sunday without a suit on. Uh, I, this is not good. Not good. Mama's not happy right now. I have to catch a flight here shortly. I was astonished to meet you yesterday because I remember on that day back in 2020 when we hosted the Floyd family, our city was burning, people were dying. And I've always, I'm a pastor by 38 years. I've never closed the church. And we reached out, the city was closed down and we had the opportunity uh, to uh, just throw, show through generosity. Uh, and in that, that memorial, when we got up to speak, that room was so tense and in a matter of moments, people were on their feet with the scholarship call to all the presidents. And I believe over, over 80 million now has been given around the country through universities. Um, not to North Central, but uh, we were blessed with about five to six hundred thousand dollars that came in. But over eighty million has been generated for scholarships for young black leaders, which uh, turned uh, this uh, anguish into action. And I think that's what we Pentecostals do best: is turn anguish into action. Thank you so much. We love you. I'll be back. I love this place already. You got me dancing even in my snowshoes here back to Minneapolis. Praise the Lord. Amen. Ooh. Okay, I'm going to have to fix this, but that's all right. Ah, you all can, yeah. I don't trust you all. <laughs> I don't trust none of you. Amen. Lee, and leave the instruments here. You all just. <laughs> John chapter 12, verses 12 to 16. The next day, that is the day after Jesus got his feet washed by Mary's perfume that filled the whole room as she broke that alabaster box and it filled the room with the fragrance of worship, the fragrance of her sacrifice. The next day, the crowd that had come for the festival, that is Passover, heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel, Jesus found a young donkey, can you say donkey, and sat on it as it is written, do not be afraid, daughter of Zion, see your king is coming and he is sitting, uh, seated on a donkey's coat or a donkey's child. And this is Zechariah chapter 9 verse 9 where he prophesies it. At first his disciples did not understand all this, but 
only after Jesus had died and had ascended and was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about Jesus that Zechariah was prophesying and that these things had been done to Jesus. I want to speak to you on a subject. Uh, Jesus needs a donkey. He still needs a donkey. Jesus still needs a donkey. Uh, some of y'all remember when the pandemic hit three years ago, I, I preached a series called Jesus Needs a Donkey. And many of you are new now and because uh, we go, we have such transition of residence in Cambridge. But as I was preparing for Palm Sunday and what I should share, somebody texted me a, an article in the New York Times written on March 14th by a man named Franz Lidz. Franz Lidz, L-I-D-Z. And it was the New York Times, and it was an article on donkeys and how donkeys came into existence and, and I, th I found that article fascinating uh, even learned the difference between a donkey and a mule and it was it's just fascinating and found out that the, the donkey uh, traces back in, in history as far as the, the discovery of the animal and how it's used uh, 5000 BC that the donkey has been uh, around. And so as I was, I was reading this article, I heard the Lord say to me, I still need a donkey. And, and, and so I, I want to talk about four characteristics that the donkey has that Jesus needs us to have in this season. Four characteristics. There are a whole bunch of them, but I want to talk about four, a couple that I had researched earlier, and then some I found from this article in New York Times. Again, the text explains that Jesus was riding into Jerusalem as people were coming in from all over the world to celebrate Passover. It was the dream of every uh, Jewish person outside of 20 miles. If you live within 20 miles of Jerusalem, you were required to show up for the three big um, holidays, uh, the, the holiday of Easter, which the Jewish people call Passover, uh, the holiday of Pentecost, the Jewish people call Shavuot, and of course, the Feast of Tabernacles, which takes place uh, in the fall. And so people were crowding, almost like, um, you know, in Barbados, there's a big carnival and, and, and festival in the month of August. And people, uh, Bajans, West Indian, Bajans, Barbadians from all over the world, England and Brooklyn and, and, and Canada, they all come and, and swarm Barbados and the, the population almost doubles because people are there. And so this is what's happening is that people are coming in 
to Jerusalem from all over the world. Um, that's where you get the, the, uh, the story about the Ethiopian eunuch, right? All over the world, they're coming in to celebrate the Passover, which is going to take place on that Saturday. And Jesus prophetically rides into Jerusalem as the Messiah. He, he is declaring, by his action, he's shown he is the Messiah, but he didn't come riding on a horse. He came on a donkey. You're going to be surprised that donkeys are actually smarter than horses. They got a bad rap. We even invented a word called asinine, which means you're acting like a donkey. They, they got a bad rap, but I am here. <laughs> Professor Umina, I am here as a defense attorney hey, for the donkeys who have been prosecuted, charged falsely. <laughs> for years, decades, millenniums. So let me give you four characteristics, and then the fifth one you're not going to like. Mm -hmm. You know me. So number one, why, these are characteristics of the donkey that God, Jesus needs in us. Jesus needs us as we, as we carry him into places and spaces where people are not loved where people are not cherished. Paul says we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. I think that's Second Corinthians chapter 4 around there. So here's some characteristics of the donkey. Number one, a donkey, this is incredible, a donkey can hear another donkey when that other donkey cries a donkey can hear another donkey from 60 miles away. So let me put it this way for those of you who live in this area. So if a donkey right now was in Cambridge, the donkey could hear the cry of another donkey. Say another donkey. All the way west in Worcester and then add 10 miles to that. Not only that, but their large ears also, not only can they hear another donkey 60 miles away, but the donkey can also hear, I like this, predators from miles away. So what does that mean? That means God needs us to have the characteristics of one who can hear. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21 says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walking in. See, Jesus needs a donkey that can tell other people that the, that, 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 that the, the, the predator, the wolves, the roaring lions, according to Peter, that the lion is coming, that, that, that trouble is coming and to wave the signal to, to, to even if, even if the, pe the person you are seeing about to be attacked by the enemy, 
even if you can't reach them, your prayers can. Sometimes God will drop somebody on your heart, and I don't know, I imagine it's happened to a number of us where we say to somebody, hey, you know, the other day I was thinking about you. And they're like, girl, man, I was going through. See, God does not drop people on our hearts to think about them. Your thinking about them is not going to help them. He, he, he drops people on our hearts. Next time he drops somebody in your heart, especially someone you haven't thought of in years, just pray. Well, I don't know what to pray. You don't have to know. Pray in tongues or just say, Lord, help. But don't say, I was thinking about you because you never know what God is dropping on your heart. But the other thing is, is that they can hear another donkey 60 miles away. Proverbs 21, verse 13 is a scary verse. It says, whoever shuts his ear to the cry of the poor will also cry out and not be answered. We got to hear the cry of people who are far away from the church people. Who are far away from the suits and ties and all whatever we else we wear. We got to gotta be able to hear their cry. Hear the cry of those who, who, uh, 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 who, who are suffering from food insecurities. Those who, who are houseless. Are you with me? The cries of those who are not like us. Mm. Are you hearing the cries of the broken? Are we hearing the cries of the transgender? It's quiet in here. Are we hearing the cries of people who are broken and are hurt? Are we hearing the cry of people who are in other countries who are starving? And when we get an envelope to, to give to missions, we're like, ah, nah. And, and in the meantime, we go to a refrigerator full of food that people who are starving would go through our garbage. Years ago, the Lord convicted me. It was a winter season, and I think most of us have had situations where we stop at a stoplight and we see somebody there with a cup or a sign. And usually what I would do years ago is when I saw that individual approaching, make sure my doors are locked. I know I'm just talking to myself. None of you, y'all are really safe. Um, I would... When I see them coming, I would act like I'm on my cell phone, too busy. And I remember the Lord saying to me one time, he says, Brian, do you think they enjoy standing out in 22-degree weather? Do you think that there's something else they would rather do than stand out in 22, 23, sometimes rainy weather, waiting, knowing that, at least one out of every hundred cars are going to annoy them? Why, why can't you be the one that, that makes it worth their while? And so I, I carry what, what I call gleaning money. 
Read the book of Ruth. You'll understand what gleaning means. Where Boaz just purposely left grain for Ruth. Just purposely left. His servants will probably say, dude, we can, no, 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 just leave some purposely. Do you have, do you carry around gleaning money to, to bless the people who are crying out, whose lives are so far away from yours? And now my, my wife does something even new, which I like, and that is, Sometimes you can stop at the at certain places and the same person is there. And my wife did something. I said, wow, honey, we, we, this must be God because you're really getting it. She said, tell me, what's your name? It's powerful when you ask somebody, who are you? And now she is no longer the person who's no, panhandling. She's now a purchased a person in the image of God. And then we're able to say there, but the grace of God go I. If some of you knew how close you were to being jammed up in life, you would be a whole lot more compassionate. The second thing that the donkey does, and this is powerful, and this is where you're, you're going to interact because you need to. The donkey not only can hear from 60 miles away or hear predators uh, within miles, a donkey has an incredible memory, which is why they're smarter than horses. It is said that a donkey can actually remember roots and areas where it has traveled, watch this, 25 years ago. Meaning that if you took a donkey and then a, and had it travel a certain route, and then the donkey doesn't go back there for another quarter of a century, the donkey can still remember. And you may say, what does it have to do with me? Lord have mercy, you're in trouble now. So David says, in fact, this is so powerful that he says it twice in, in, in uh, first, first Chronicles chapter 16, verse 12, and Psalm 105, let me make sure I get the verse, right, right, right verse, verse 5, he says, remember his marvelous works that he has done and the wonders out of his mouth. God is tired of us not remembering how good he has been years ago. You, 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 see, see, when I tell, when I constantly rehearse how when I was growing up in, the, in church and PT that, that, that we were so sorry that nobody, we didn't even get visitors on Easter. And when I share about, no, window panes falling out because the church was in air repair. When I tell stories about about the, the church in PT North, we didn't have this building then. Uh, there, were, there were four different colors because, because the church was trying to save money. And so they would paint one side and they would paint another side. And, and so when I go over these stories, 
It, it, these are not bedtime stories. Once upon a time, there was a poor church, and then the Lord brought, no, no, I say that to, first of all, let you knew people, though, that we weren't always like this. There was a day when all we had was a piano. You all have a praise team and lights and band. All we had was a piano and a devotional leader. Yeah, the, 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 the band was a tambourine. Mm. Mm. And, 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 and our, our, service, our worship services sound like bingo. Anybody have a song? Page 348. You, you call up the number of the, <laughs> of the hymn. I remember my favorite one. 232. I remember I was, grown, I was old enough to call the number. 232. What a fellowship. What? But you need to remember how God made a way where there was no way. You got to remember how you were in a fetal position, wondering how you were going to get into a certain school, and God got you into that school. I just heard a, t a, a, a parent testify today how their child got into Brown University. Praise God. I, you'll hear who it is. I'm not going to blow their, their testimony. But he said, he, and the parent said, there's a grace of God because a lot of my child's friends did not get into the school. And so I'm not going to take up your time. What I want you to do, I want to give you two minutes to just tell somebody next to you. If you don't know them, introduce yourself. Tell them a, a short story of what God did for you. Maybe you were a child. My brother who's on, this, uh, on the camera, uh, my brother couldn't walk for three, two years. We thought he would never be able to walk when he was three four or five around there, and I used to have to push him around Glendale Ave on a wheelchair. And I remember, sadly, I'm telling myself, I remember one time, you know, we were pushing him around for two years, and I, you know how kids are. I'm only three years older than him, so please don't hold it against me now that I'm in my 60s. But I remember me and my cousin, uh, I won't mention my cousin because I won't put him on blast. He's a year younger, but we all said, he's faking. Yes, we did. We said, well, he's faking. He just wants us to push him around. So we pulled him out of the, the, the wheelchair. At least if I pulled him up, I should have said, walk in the name of Jesus. No, I just pulled him out. But now when the Lord healed my brother, God healed him at five, and he was able to play hide-and-go-seek like the rest of us and dodgeball and football and baseball. And he's in his 60s, and he will still tell you the story. Remember, did, did you lose your memory about where God brought you through? I want to give you two minutes. This is the first time you get a chance of talking in the middle of my sermon. Two minutes. Just, ask, just tell, somebody, tell somebody a story about what God did for you. Come on, tell, tell, tell somebody a story, what God did for you. Maybe you moved up here and had no apartment and God gave you an apartment. Maybe you didn't know where you were going to get transportation. Maybe you were an orphan and somebody adopted you. 
maybe you are so far from Jesus that your salvation alone is a miracle. But remember where he brought you from. Remember where he brought you from. Remember where he brought you from. One more minute. Jesus. Yes. Maybe you avoided an accident that you shouldn't even be here. Maybe God healed you from a disease, cancer, or some other deadly disease. Maybe you're addicted to drugs and God set you free. Maybe you were a backslider, turned your back on God, but God gave you a second chance. Oh, let's remember. Let's remember the goodness of God. Let's remember the grace of God. Let's remember the power of God. Some of you have been through stuff. And if you're watching online, tap, type it on the chat. Type it on the chat the goodness of God, the mercies of God. Let me, get, let me get this quickly. The third thing is a donkey. A donkey is resistant to drought. A donkey is able to tolerate water deprivation. Let me say it again. A, a, a donkey is resistant to drought. It, a donkey can survive in, in deserted times. There's a book called, uh, a book written by St. John of the Cross. It's a, it's a classical book written centuries ago, and it's called The Dark Night of the Soul. Like, like you got to be able to, God is looking for people who, can able, who are able to survive dark and dry times. Not every day is going to be hallelujah anyhow. Well, it's going to be anyhow, but it's not going to be hallelujah. Can you, can you survive dark times? Can you, just, can, you just, can you survive times where you can't feel his presence? Can, can, can you come to church even when all hell is against you? The Bible says about the righteous man in Psalm 1-3 that this man is like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in his seeds and his, his tree will not wither. We have too many withering Christians when dry times come. Praise God for church, but if you're waiting for Sunday to boost you up, Sometimes you can go through a dry season and, and it's not the devil. 
Sometimes you go through a dry season. Don't let the devil start saying, well, because you're not spiritual enough, because you did something. No, no. Sometimes the spirit will lead you into the wilderness. And one of the best ways to get refreshed is through fasting. Isaiah 58 verse 12 says, then you shall be like a watered garden whose waters fail not when you fast. Do you have a discipline of fasting? One of the greatest moves in history uh, in the church, uh, the modern church, was the Methodist movement. And they, and, and they had a discipline of fasting two days a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Do you have a fasting discipline? Like we're fasting this week. Fasting means going out food. Okay. I want to hear that line about watching TV. I'm fasting from my phone. I mean, you can do that. That's good. But, but fasting involves food, too. Amen. Everybody say food. Okay. Okay. So then you give up the meal or whatever, but we're, we're going to be fasting. A donkey. Oh. A donkey is a hurry up. A donkey is a burden bearer. Now this is interesting. There are wild donkeys and there are domesticated donkeys. Uh, the person who did the research in the New York Times article, uh, he dug up, his team dug up uh, uh, ten samples of donkey bones. One sample going all the way back to 3,000 years, 3,000 BC. So that means 5,000 years. Are you with me so far? And when they examined the bones, they were able to, Lord have mercy, they were able to discover the difference between a wild, untamed donkey and a domesticated donkey. The word domestic comes from a Latin word, uh, 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 Dumas, which means house or household. So they could tell the difference between a, a wild donkey and a household donkey. And this is how they could tell the difference. My goodness, Lord have mercy. They could tell the difference because the bones from the domesticated donkey, they had damaged vertebrae and joints, meaning that their backs, their bones showed the markings of the burdens that they carried. My point is, whose burdens are you carrying besides your own? God needs people who are going to look at people who are broken, people are hurt, and say, you know, I'm going to carry some of your burden. I'm going to pay that bill for you. I'm going to hold you up in prayer. I'm going to visit you. I'm going to, I'm going, instead of asking, well, why didn't, I haven't seen such and such in a long time. They don't want church. How about going to their house? How about saying to them, you know, hey, could we have lunch? Like, whose burden are you bearing beside your own? We have these, this, this wonderful, we gave out these wonderful, I don't know who this one's for. We have these wonderful uh, awards that we gave out to volunteers. This church we have does not run by its own. Are you bearing some of the burden of the house? And sadly, I think I need to say it, Elder Anita. And sadly, 
the worst, most privileged acting folk in the world are church folks. I'm going to say this so that, because I know this is live stream and it'll live forever. Someone brought a, a visitor to our church. A visitor to our church. And this visitor, thank God, was a believer. And they said to the person who brought them, they said, I hate to say this to you, but your people acted so disobedient and so unruly to the parking attendant, Brother Artie, that this is what they said, that I wonder if they are really Christians. I was hurt when I heard that. Because our actions can wipe out whatever takes place in here. We had shouting and dancing, and people say good word and all that, but if, if we are not carrying the burden of the church, how can I help you? How can I be a blessing to you? How can I pray for you? The Bible says, by this shall all men know. Not, not just say, folks. All men know that you are my disciples. It's how you not treat the unbeliever, how you treat one another. So how can we have and, and I'm speaking prophetically because I don't know of this. That's why I can speak freely. How can we have people who, who are on this side and they see somebody and they say, you know what? I'm just going to avoid that person. As if God does not see our hearts. Come on, folks. Come on, folks. Let's stop playing church and let's, let's get a burden to carry. Brother Artie should not be the only one. Oh, God bless you, Elder Brother Artie. As a matter of fact, oh, we even have a gift for you, Brother Artie. No, no, folks. We, we need to bear the burden. Someone asked Elder Roy, Elder Roy, why are you in the parking lot? You're an elder. He says, I'm going to be in the parking lot until one of you all get a burden for the parking lot. 80% of people who leave a church leave for a reason other than the pastor. Come on, folks. Let's stop playing church. And as you would share, dear, let's be the church. It's quiet in here, honey. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, and Galatians chapter... 6 verse 10 says, bear you one another burdens, and that's how you fulfill the law of Christ. Verse 10, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially 
those who are of the household of faith. Now, this is the one that you ain't going to like. It's easy to carry Jesus. His yoke is easy, his burden of light. But there was another person who carried, there's another donkey who carried a person. In fact, this donkey carried a prophet. Numbers 22. He's carrying Balaam. Balaam, you can read the story, but Balaam is being hired to curse Israel, and God doesn't want him to go. So he gets on the donkey, and the donkey sees the angel with his sword drawn, ready to kill Balaam. So the donkey goes off the road. Balaam takes out a stick and beats the donkey. What's wrong with you? So they get on back on the road again, and this time the road is slim enough to go around the angel that the donkey sees, but the prophet does not. So the donkey kind of tries to avoid the angel, but ends up crushing the prophet's leg against the wall, and the prophet beats the donkey. And the third time, now there is such a narrowness of the road that the donkey just says, I can't get around this angel that the prophet, prophet doesn't see. So the donkey just gets down and again, poof, poof, poof. And then the Lord gave the, gives the donkey the ability to speak. <laughs> and the donkey looks at the prophet and says, yo, I mean, that's the urban version. Don't, what, what are you whipping me for? Because of your, and, he, and, the, and the prophet says, because, you know, you crushed my leg around. And, and then the donkey says, have I ever behaved like this before? And he says, no, but I don't know what's wrong. And then the Lord opened the prophet's eyes, and he sees the angel. And the angel says, you better thank God for this donkey, because I was about to take you out. Mm. And the, and, and, and the prophet repents. But the Lord said to me, do you notice anything? I said, what do you mean, Lord? Balaam never thanked the donkey. Can you carry people who after you do all that you've done for them, and so, <laughs> I'm feeling here is rising up. They don't say thank you. They don't even appreciate you. And then God says to you, carry them again. Hey, hey. Hey, uh, uh, can I borrow some money from you? And your mind saying, you didn't pay me the first time? And, not, and, and, and you know, those sneakers are looking kind of new. You, you wear better sneakers than I do. And now you want to, and, and all that's going through your mind. Are you, is your heart open enough that if the Spirit of the Lord says, Bless them again. 
that you're able to say, yes, Lord. That when you help somebody, that, that when, they, when, they are, when they are thankless, you can still, because of the character of Christ in you, bless them again. Because that's what Jesus did for all of us. When we were enemies, he still carried us on the cross. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. And as we are closing this service, we dare not close it without giving people an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, because you are a burden bearer. Thank you, Lord, <laughs> that when the thief was on the cross, he turned to you and said, when you get in your kingdom, remember me. And even though he was a thief, even though he was doing things against your law, you remembered him. Lord, there are many of us who you need for this new season of revival and breakthrough. You, you, you still need it all. You need, still need those who can hear the cry of people who are not in our spirit. Can hear when the predator or the enemy's coming, who who will remember what you did for them and will testify and share with people who are new to Christ in there and they'll realize, hey, I wasn't always like this. Jesus picked me up and turned me around and changed my life. And so, Father, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior and you want to give him your life, we're not going to ask you to come up here or anything, but I would like the opportunity to pray with you or pray for you that, that you would accept this Jesus who wants, to <laughs> who wants to walk with you and be with you to glory, to a place of peace. Jesus was riding the donkey into Jerusalem. Jerusalem means the city of peace. And maybe peace has escaped you. But Jesus wants to bring peace into your life because he is the ruler, the prince of peace. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you've never received Jesus as your savior, and you're saying, Bishop Brian, could you pray for me? Could you slip up your hand? And I want to make sure I don't miss anybody. And I want to include you in this prayer. I want to make sure that we don't miss anybody. You don't have to come up to the altar. You can just slip up your hand right where you are and we pray for you. God bless you, I see that hand. Anybody else you wanna just slip up your hand and I'll include you in this prayer. Amen. Okay, let's pray this prayer together. And that way the person who raised their hand is not gonna be self-conscious or anything. Uh, repeat after me, dear Lord, I come to you this afternoon and I admit Lord I'm a sinner Jesus thank you for dying on the cross and bearing my sin so that I could become 
a child of God. Amen. Again, and the person who raised your hand, please make sure you're saying this as well. Jesus, your word says, whoever calls on your name shall be saved. And so I'm calling you right now. Save me from my sin and make me a child of God. Amen. Amen. Father, we pray for that individual and others who may not have raised their hand, but they said that prayer. We pray, Lord, that there will be an encounter with you that will allow them to know that this wasn't just something that they were reciting, but they actually are encountering the living God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's all stand. There is a reception after. We want to make sure that you can connect and spend time together. Don't forget to, if you're not on PTCB, um, please get on that so that way you can get all of the information, announcements. We had about 20 to, 20, 20 to 30 people who, unfortunately, at the, at the 9 o'clock service, they went to the other church with all the announcements. And then one of them had the nerve to say, I didn't know. And they're like, did you open up your PTCB? And they said, sorry, I'm my bad. So, you know, please make sure you do that. If you're new to this church, no more problem. Just put out your hands as if you're receiving a gift because we want to, we don't end the service with a closing uh, prayer. We end with a closing blessing. It's found in Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. It says, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord look after you, shield you, defend you, and take care of you. May the Lord make his face a shine, grin, beam, and show his pleasure on you. May the Lord be gracious, kind-hearted, pleasant, and compassionate to you. May the Lord show you his favor that will promote you, appreciate you, support you, side with you as you side with him. And finally, may the Lord give you his shalom, his peace, his rest, his harmony, his calmness, his composure, his prosperity, and his success. And may the Lord remove anything that causes agitation or discord with his divine purpose and destiny for your life in him this week. I bless you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And everybody say, I receive that blessing. God bless you. Have an amazing week. Hey, family. Thank you so much for joining us for today's service. Special thanks to those of you who continue to generously support the work of this ministry. We are so grateful for you and it's because of you that we can be a blessing to this community. If you enjoyed the service today, please like, share with your friends and family, and subscribe to our channel so that you can get a notification whenever our services go live. We also invite you to follow us on social media at PT Cambridge in order to stay connected to this ministry. Hey, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for watching and God bless you.